Bam! Is this Raz? Yes. Saras. Raz? The first 52. Saras. Raz? Live Tuesday nights. Saras. Raz? Something that you know Bubba's gonna like. Angry white guy radio. His point of view is different. It's the first 52. Angry white guy radio. I love the content. Hey, it's the first 52. Raz with you. The first part of the, like, Constitution. This is the best you got? Something that you know Bubba's gonna like. Angry white guy radio. Join me, Sean Raz, Tuesday nights, 6 to 8 p.m. RazRadioLive.com. RadioFreeBlood.com. Time for a TF52 flashback. Hey, uh, real quick, I want to get your opinion on this, Rob. Uh, I'm just going to read you the headline. I'm sure uh, everybody knows about what happened to Hillary today. Uh, Clinton unable to testify before Congress on Benghazi purported concussion cited. <clears throat> well, I don't know whether she bumped her head no, uh, she... or not, which generally, you know, bumping your head would leave you a concussion. But uh, I'm a type of guy where... I'm in sales, okay? I, uh, you know, I, I deal in sales. Uh, my job is to get somebody to buy or my job is to take away somebody's money from them who has no interest in what I have or uh, doesn't need what I have, but uh, my job is to make them do so. And one of the things that I like to tell them is that, you know, you can make excuses or you can make money. But you can't do both. And obviously, in her case, she could make excuses or she could testify, but she can't do both. And she obviously chose to make excuses Mm -hmm. instead of testifying. And, you know, if we knew something, it was either going to come down to the fact that we would hear what Hillary had to say in regards to Benghazi and or there would be some excuse why she wasn't able to and obviously we got the excuse end of it today and uh, it's no surprise to me i'm not a uh, conspiracy guy but i will say that I, I i and it's not just because of my conservative leanings i do think though that, that there's there's got to be a reason she doesn't want to talk about it well now, now that's shifty that's you talking right that's me uh, I'm not a conspiracy guy either. I used to be. I'm a conspiracy dropout. I'm a patriot dropout. I truly am. Believe me, I used to be the guy that was there handing out the DVDs. I used to be the guy <laughs> there saying, what do you mean? What do you mean you drink the fluoride you don't care? What do you mean as long as you have a dollar bill to buy your toilet paper you don't need gold? What do you mean? What do you mean? I was that type of guy that would shove my shit down your throat. Okay, but no longer am I. And 
now I come from more of a, a, a more conservative leaning. I, just like you stated, I truly do. Uh, so I understand exactly where you're coming from on this. But the fact of the matter is, is that these folks will perpetrate and do everything that they have to do right in front of our face and then tell us a story and we just eat it up like it's candy, my friend. Same thing goes with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is the Secretary of State. Hillary Clinton is the person who, who represents us and goes from country to country to country, uh, making relations with these countries. That is her job. When something goes wrong with one of those relations, she is the one who is to be held accountable for. If I'm not mistaken, just days after the 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 what I call for my terrorist or my terrorist leanings, yes, my uh, conservative <laughs> leanings. Did you hear me say terrorist leanings? That's funny. My conservative leanings is that she called it a terrorist attack, and she and and it was a terrorist attack. And she says I am responsible for this, which is true. It does fall on her.
Being a cat can be damn tedious. People dangling bells and bits of string in your face all the time. Just be a dog. Run around, catch frisbees, pee on a fire hydrant. Life's more rewarding and you get access to lots of treats. Catch Salty Talk Mondays and Wednesdays and every Friday for Salty's weekend warm-up. 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Add a little salt to your life and be more dog.
is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. How you doing? Here's the first 52, RadioLive.com, Radio Free Block, Blood, the Disruption Networks, the D, uh, Radio Confluence, uh, Radio Chaos, and all the other places that are just, you know, got us on board with us. Thank you very much for carrying me. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to talk to you guys tonight and share all the, the craziness that I have to share. Uh, tonight's going to be a lot of fun. You guys love when I have Scott Rickard on. I love when I have Scott Rickard on. We'll have a lot of things to talk about, him and I. Uh, so that's going to be kind of exciting. I love when he comes on. He's going to join me in the 7 o'clock hour. First hour, you know, I'll do my ranting and raving and my, my stupidity and, you know, what I've been seeing and what's been bothering me recently. Because there are a lot of those things out there that, that, that just just get to you, you know. They just really get to you. I'd like to uh, congratulate Bubba the Love Sponge. You guys know he's a buddy of mine or somebody I follow, somebody I'm trying to get some some attention on. I'm hoping eventually he'll he'll carry my show. But uh, some, some BS charges were brought up against him, and they were dismissed. They were found. Yeah, nothing there. Good for him. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I put that out there because not everybody always talks about the good things that happen. A lot of different things on the, on the, on the home front. A lot of things in, in just what we look at on a daily basis that are just, it, it, it just, it gets crazier and crazier and crazier every day. It, it's really weird how it, it doesn't seem to want to change. It just wants to keep getting worse and worse. I don't know if anybody else is noticing that or seeing that. It's craziness though. I mean, we got, we got the uh, Russian planes buzzing. U.S. ships, we've got U.S. bomber, nuclear bombers in, in North, South Korea because of North Korea. We've got just stupidity everywhere. We've got people here doing it here in America just, just being dumb and crazy in general. We've got major crazy, I keep saying crazy, i got to stop saying crazy. All right, the word to not use for the, I'm going to write this down right now. No more crazy i won't say crazy anymore tonight but it is getting crazy <laughs> i'm such a dick sometimes uh, how how it just it's it, it, it's people are just out of control they're, they're just out of control they're acting weird we've got these 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 storms rolling in out of nowhere these massive snowstorms it was 70 degrees and in uh, upstate New York last week, you guys on that are listening on the Disruption Network, did you notice the chemtrails being sprayed above you? Maybe right before this storm decided to move its way down this way, was it the steering of the the geoengineering of the of the climate change, or was it, or was it nefarious? Are you guys cold for a reason? Yeah, who knows? I thought it was global warming. 
Oh, I know it's climate change. That's right. That's that's what it is now. Climate change. Well, you know, things we talk about don't constantly end up as what's going on. We don't see uh, things that that we've discussed here on this show many a times over. I couldn't even tell you how many times we've we've talked about how most of the events we see in front of us, most of the events that happen. We, Matt, Matt and I talked about this last Thursday on his show. It, the question asked of me is, is everything a conspiracy? That was the question asked of me. Is everything a, a conspiracy? I, want, I don't want to say everything's a conspiracy, but we do know that everything can be used towards the direction of the elite. Of the elite. But does that mean everything's a conspiracy? No, I don't want to think everything's a conspiracy. But then we get a FBI undercover stings, foils, terrorist plots, but often plots of the agency's own making. I hate when they do this with the audio and no. Robert Heist Jr. is 25 and lives in Columbia. You know what? Forget this. Hold on. We'll just. I hate when they put freaking. Why are you putting what's in the story onto a video that's just got music in the background? Give me somebody talking. That's the whole point of me using it, you idiots. Uh, all right, let's go here. Announcements of foiled terrorist plots make for Laurel, Lord, Lord reading. Schemes to carry out a presidential day jihadist attack on the train station in Kansas City. Bomb a September 11th memorial. Blow up a thousand pound bomb in Fort Riley. Detonate a weapon of mass destruction at a Wichita airport. The failed plans all show imagination. But how much of it was real? Often not much. According to a review of several. According to a review of several recent terrorist terrorism cases investigated by the FBI in Kansas and Missouri, the most sensational plots involving the making of an Islamic state or Al-Qaeda here were largely the invention of FBI agents carrying out elaborate sting operations on individuals identified through social media as being potentially dangerous. did, Did you hear what I said? Because I know I kind of stuttered on that i don't know my mouth isn't working quite right today maybe i'm having a a heavy rotation who knows uh let's try that again though the most sensational plots involve invoking the name of islamic state or al-qaeda here were largely the invention of the fbi agents carrying out elaborate sting operations on individuals identified through social media as being potentially dangerous in fact in terrorism investigations in Wichita, at Fort Riley, and last week in Kansas City, the alleged terrorists reportedly were unknowingly following the directions of undercover FBI agents who supplied fake bombs and came up with key elements of the plan. Now, if you've been listening to me for any period of time, you may remember an interview multiple different times with a gentleman named Kurt Haskell. And Kurt Haskell told a story of what appeared to him to be an organized, well-planned, well-thought-out event with somebody actually leading the way 
You may remember the 93 bombing, the original World Trade Center attack in 93. There's audio tape of that bomb maker. The patsy of that attack being told by his FBI handlers after he questions why he was given real explosives to use, he's told to go ahead with the plan. To go ahead and and, and allow that into the hands of the people he's supplying it to. Hmm. What I get concerned about is where the plot is being hatched by the FBI, said Michael German, a fellow at the Bremen Center for Justice and, and former FBI agent. There has been a clear effort to manufacture plots. Law enforcement has increasingly used undercover agents and informants to develop such cases in recent years, especially against people suspected of being inspired by the Islamic State. Now, the other day on Matt Major's show, I was asked about the Boston bombing. I don't think the, 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 the brothers, the Zarnov brothers, were terrorists. I believe they were either, A, working as training dummies to see if they could get around with their packages, or they were patsies themselves. And that's why one had to die and one will never speak again. And they really wanted him dead. Law enforcement has increasingly used undercover agents to the blah, blah, blah. I said that. Sorry. Of of 126 Islamic State-related cases prosecuted by federal authorities across the country since 2014. 126, really? Nearly two-thirds involved undercover agents or informants according to the Center on National Security at the Fordham uh, Fordham University School of Law in New York. The FBI has stepped up its use use of sting operation operations which were once seen as tactic of last resort. So if it's the tactic of first resort now if it was the tactic of first resort there is no need for last resort because you've just created created your enemy. You've created the fear and the citizens you're there to protect. FBI officials have said the sting operations are just one tool for thwarting oh, terrorist attacks. <laughs> that scares me. And that the suspect in such cases are given many opportunities to back out before their arrest. <laughs> Federal authorities employ the stings on the theory that a person willing to engage in terrorism would eventually find real accomplices to carry out an attack. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Uh, and and if they were to find accomplices to carry out an attack and, and the FBI and, and all the all the things put in place to assist the FBI in detecting and finding these things? Don't you think you could find them without making them? Why do you have to make them if you have such a great net over us? Why do you have to make them? Hmm. Such cases are almost never successfully challenged in court with entrapment defense. But... Some question whether the FBI is catching real terrorists or tricking troubled individuals into volunteering for a long prison sentence. 
the most recent alleged plotter, 25-year-old Robert Lorenzo Hester Jr. Of course, we have to have three names. And we added the junior. Now we're going to start having four names, five names, six names of Columbia was indicted last week after federal prosecutors accused him of participating in an Islamic State plan to cause mass casualties in a bombing attack on a train station and possibly buses and trains in Kansas City on February 20th. The two men leading Haster in the alleged plot were actually, so out of the three people involved in the plot, two were FBI undercover employees. They suggested the time, place, and type of attack and loaned Hester $20 to buy a nine volt, to buy nine volt batteries, duct tape, roofing nails, and copper wire, wire that they implied would be ingredients for a bomb. Hester reportedly failed to buy the copper wire saying he could not find it. There were no actual bombs. So again, here's somebody going, you know, I want to, I want to attack the United States. Fuck America. I want to attack the United States, but I can't find copper wire. He's he's ready to go, but he can't find the copper wiring. That's, you know what? That goes to show you the level of millennials. Just just think about the energy level of a, a millennial. They can't even figure out how to find some copper fucking wiring. That's how lazy they are. They can't do their terrorist attack. They can't find copper wiring. You lazy millennials. Lazy, lazy, lazy. The FBI employees had identified Hester as a suspect after seeing Facebook posts he made about his conversion to Islam, his hatred for the United States, and his belief that supposed U.S. mainstreamed, or wait, hold on, his supposed belief that, wait, the United States, and his belief that supposed U.S. mistreatment of Muslims had to be put to an end, according to court documents. Well, I don't hate the U.S. I hate the U.S. government. Um, I, I'm not going to convert to Islam because I don't believe in in, in religion. Period. Uh, and you know, I think the the mistreatment of Muslims by the U.S. government and and the people of the United States uh, should be put to an end. So, uh, FBI, do you want to come kind of set me up for a for a terrorist attack now? You want to see if you can get me to blow something up? Maybe I'll blow something up for you. I, maybe I'll shoot somebody for you. You want me to shoot somebody? I like to shoot somebody. <laughs> Idiots. But despite Hester's denials, the FBI employees noted he continued to test positive for marijuana, even though it is frowned upon <laughs> by Islamic teaching. Yeah, You ever notice these Islamic crazy people never really follow the rules of Islam? Most of the 9-11 hijackers were doing cocaine and fucking strippers, you know, days before they, they, they pulled off this alleged attack on the Twin Towers. Yeah, nice, eh? And he allegedly found it necessary to bring his children to a meeting with the FBI workers because he had no other options for child care. My friends, does this really sound like somebody who's going to go out and do a terrorist attack? He's meeting his terrorist buddies with his children. Because he can't find child care. Oh, you millennials. Failures you all are. At a December meeting, one of the FBI employees threatened Hester with a knife, saying he knew where Hester and his family lived, to make a point that Hester was not to plan any attacks of his own. Or to scare him into doing the attack for you. You can't do this without us. 
You must do it for us. Doesn't it make you just really question where the the reality we live in? Doesn't it really make you think? How how can we allow the the population to be dumbed down to a level like this? Where where this is this is this is our society. This is our next generation. I'm 42 years old. This is our next generation, my friends. This dude's 25 years old. We are in trouble. I mean, we are in big trouble. It seems like outrageous conduct, said German, the former FBI agent agent who noted other aspects of the investigation that he thought seemed odd. The FBI found Hester on Facebook in August and made contact with him through an undercover employee on October 2nd, a day before Hester was arrested in Columbia for reportedly throwing a pocket knife through a grocery store window during an argument with his wife and menacing store employees with a 9mm handgun he carried in a diaper bag. Hester was released from jail on bond and remained under electronic monitoring for the next three months as he continued talking with undercover employees and allegedly grew more deeply involved in their plans. In January, Hester pled guilty in the Colombian case. He remained free on bond and was taken off electronic monitoring. The plot with the undercover FBI employees sped up, ending with his arrest in February, a month before he was to be sentenced in Colombia, grocery store incident. Now, let's, let, let's, let's review here. So he gets arrested for stupidity. If he would have been on the true radar of the FBI, because remember, out of the three people involved in this alleged uh, uh, terrorist plot, he was the only one that didn't work for the government. So, let's just say he happened to be uh, working with two guys that weren't working for the government, which he probably wouldn't have came up with half the ideas or the ability to do it without these two guys. But let's just say he found two guys smarter than him. I don't really think that would be hard, but they also wanted to pull terrorist attacks. And let's just say they moved forward. And they had the ability, and they were going to. They had everything plotted. This dumbass would have got arrested two, three weeks before anyway, and they would have caught three true terrorists instead of one dumbass that's going to just do what he's told. One patsy to keep the fear going. That's all he is. He's a patsy to keep the fear going. He's not the mastermind of anything. I don't even know if he knows how to wipe his own ass, to be honest with you. I mean, that's just my opinion on this douchebag. He, he, he doesn't really sound that smart, guys. So this just goes to prove what all of us crazy conspiracy guys have been saying forever that most of these events are planned, orchestrated, worked out, figured out, put together by the government, whether it be the FBI, CIA, NSA, MI6, some government agency, somewhere is more than likely behind the, the next terrorist attack in your backyard.
I love the content. Don't go anywhere. The first 52 will be right back. Have you ever called into your favorite talk radio program only to encounter this and felt like this? That never happens when you dial 941-421-0401. At RazRadioLive.com, we answer right away. And pow, you're live on the air talking to one of your favorite hosts. No screeners, no delays. Try it now. 941-421-0401. And avoid... 941-421-0401. If you're a new listener or a seasoned veteran, don't be scared. 941-421-0401. We welcome all. We know how it feels to be ignored. RazRadioLive.com And those people, the conspiracy theorists, they've been crazy, but now they're
It's time for a TF52 flashback. The BVL ingredient was used as flavor, as a flavor emulsifier. Emulsifier? What? Emulsifier? Emulsifier, thank you. Uh, helping to distribute Gatorade's, helping to distribute Gatorade's coloring throughout the bottle. Carter said. Now, you were never a guest on Sesame Street, were you? No. No, no I was on the Muppets once, though, when I was a kid. They did a, they did a, live, uh, uh, um, a live Muppets show. Uh, they used to do them. Dave, you really? Might, yeah, they used to do them back in the, in the 80s. Uh, do you remember? Oh, it was actually yeah. a show on TV. Um, and it was. Uh, Sorry to uh, derail your story. No, that's but not hard that's to hilarious. Which <laughs> 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 is usually how it happens. Anyway, um, where was I? So uh, now the company. Uh, yeah, help uh, their color, Carter said. Now the company is swapping in another emulsif- emulsifier. <laughs> oh, there's that word again. Emul- <laughs> emulsifier. <laughs> that word, emulsifier. Things that mix go. things up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this word, so I'll just make you, one up. You know, you think I know that because we use that a lot in culinary <laughs> when I was in culinary well, school. Yeah. You know, cause you, you, you emulsified stuff a lot. I think it's just because it's emulsifier. That's you still practice that technique. I think it's the marijuana. No, I don't do that no. kind of stuff. Never. Um, <laughs> with, an, uh, uh, <laughs> with another emulsifier with an intimidating name, sucrose acetate. You know, if you if you want me to read these, it's really yeah, read a, that last sentence. Are you gonna get yeah, some like effed up? I don't even know where you're at. Last sentence. It's a, the last sentence. The BBO ingredient really was words. used as a flavor emulsifier, helping to distribute Gatorade's coloring throughout the bottle. Carter said. Now the company is swapping in another emulsifier with an intimidating name: sucrose acetate isobutyl. Isobutrate. <laughs> yes. If you can't freaking pronounce it, you shouldn't eat it. Yeah, no shit, right?
to the grave I'd rather die free than live like a slave I'd rather speak my mind, I won't bite my tongue If you think I've said it all, I haven't even begun They bring you to your knees with disease and vaccines Another line of credit, the American dream Ron Paul revolution, 20 million screen But it doesn't really matter to the voting machines Now they censor this on YouTube, labeled it extreme Bernanke and his lackeys, printed phony green Hit us with inflation, annihilate the nation No investigation of the Bush administration Obama runs on change, Brzezinski's in his ear The only thing that changes, the puppet in the year They open up the borders, truth is on our shoulders Focus on the pain, this is the new world order Order, 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 order. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing Internet or podcasting show or something? Chocolate drop. Hold on, hold on, buddy. What is the chocolate drop a show about? Chocolate drop? Drop it on us. I kind of know. I will not listen if you don't tell me what it's about. It's about uh, hip hop, rap, turd show, politics, man skewing, music. Hold on, hold on, buddy. It's every other guy that's got a podcast around here, okay? And where can people find the chocolate show? This man skewing, yes? Rap, turd show. RazRadioLive.com. There you go. Okay. And when does it air? Saturdays, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Okay. And where can people find the chocolate show? RazRadioLive.com. There you go. I wish you the best to talk the chocolate drop. And so basically, it's about every other person that's not in real radio that's trying to get in radio and do a show. Rat turd show. Knock yourself out, kid. Rat turd show. The rat. <laughs> RazRadioLive.com. There you go. Generals masquerade as your doctor Pills become bullets Then they poison your water A pharmaceutical army Built to slaughter Till men in masks Come for your wife And your daughter Whoa Now what Here they come for the guns And God and demons Disguised as priests and nuns Time to run With no place 
place to go Except Honduras With a man called Forto Jones Stolen bones Indeed the skies with robot drones Check the infrared radar for UFOs Silver and gold Behold the weather's control By genetically modified hybrid clones Built in bunkers With subjects under mind control Injected and observed in the combat zone Now come on It's the on Sky News say at least one person killed in suicide bomb attack. <laughs> yeah, obviously. That is the bare minimum you need to qualify. It was something about burning a copy of the Quran in Afghanistan. I was watching it thinking, I would never burn a copy of the Quran because I've got a Kindle. <laughs> Just delete it, don't fuck about. I'm not worried about Islamic suicide bombers, they can only do it once. A Hindu suicide bomber, that is more of a threat. <laughs> because of the reincarnation. <laughs> oh, I don't know what's going on. I was going to talk to you about terrorist threat levels in this country, because our government have picked the weirdest words for our terrorist threat levels. You know, sometimes they announce them at the end of the news. The weather, the pollen count, and then the terrorist threat level, for no reason at all. And it's words that I don't understand. So, at the moment, the terrorist threat level in this country is substantial. I asked a police officer, what am I meant to do with substantial? He said, watch yourself. I said, well, I'm not involved. Do you know what the highest terrorist threat level is? How's this for a creepy word? Imminent. The fuck am I meant to do with imminent? I imagine clench. I mean, I've never been near a bomb when it's gone off, but I imagine that take the edge off, wouldn't it? And we all know that isn't the highest terrorist threat level. The highest terrorist threat level, as we all know, is I don't care if this does look racist, I'm getting off the bus. <laughs> that is a massive rucksack and he doesn't need to be saying these prayers out loud. I'm fucking doing one. <laughs> Where middle class guilt is overtaken by fear, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> of course, with these jokes, I could face the wrath of Islam. 
which I've always thought sounds like a shit pub. <laughs> Where are we going? Wrath of Islam. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> there's no booze, there's no fruit machine, there's no pork scratchings. <laughs> yeah, but women can get stoned. federaljack.com you're listening to the first 52 where you can hear the inmates run the insane asylum <laughs> put your face up to the window ah, welcome back to first 52 razradiolive.com radio free blood radio I, I am not going to go through it all the disruption network the d Radio Confluence, Radio Chaos, Radio Blood, Radio... Who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Radio... No, I got everybody. Anyway, welcome back, guys. Uh, we're going to get into more stuff, and then Scott Rickard's going to join us in a little bit. We'll do a little quick segment here, and then we'll do a full hour after that. Flaming Lips came up this week. Oh, yeah, Raz Radio Live. I forgot my own damn station. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> I'm having a fun show. I'm enjoying myself as I'm, you know, spouting out craziness. That's what you got to do sometimes. Just have a little fun and just enjoy your life while you talk about crazy things that that maybe you have no control over. Flaming Lips. I haven't listened to them forever. They came up in conversation this week, so I had to use them as bumper music. I may use them. Actually, there was another song I heard this week on uh, on Clusterfuck. A really good song. I'll, I'll try to bring that one up, I think, for the next rejoin. I, I'm just giving you a little programming notes in my head. That's what I do. I'm kind of trying to figure out how I'm doing this all at once. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do we? We barely got through one story. The FBI stings, pointing out the fact that you know us crazy conspiracy guys have really been telling you the truth, really been you know shooting you straight, really just uh, kind of bringing information that maybe you wouldn't have thought of on your own. Just showing how they do it. They set it up. They plan it. They have patsies. Oswald wasn't the first patsy. He won't be the last. Mutamba Bababluba was a patsy. He was there to put fear in your heart. To make sure you have something to be afraid of. Assad calls U.S. forces invaders, but still hopeful on Trump. You know, that's what U.S. forces are in the Middle East. We're invaders. We have we have invaded a country. We've put ourselves where we don't belong. So I don't disagree with that statement. And it's funny as you read through the, the comments, you know, talking about Putin and this and that. We don't belong there. That is not our, our world. That is not our country. It's not our right to go in and try to fix it. So, yes, he's right. He's completely right. Something we got into last week, of course, was vaccines. Uh, I want to thank Christopher Wyatt. Make sure you guys check him out. Uh, what is the name of his documentary? Spotting the Truth, uh, Forced Anarchy dot, or Forced Anarchy at gmail.com. He's looking for people who have been injured. If you know somebody, if you are injured, get with them. Also, I want to remind you, Free Your Mind Conference is coming up in Philly. Bob Tuscan, our buddy, good old Bob, always got something to say. 
Make sure you check him out April 7th and 9th in Philadelphia. Him and, and a long list of people. You know, it's not about what they have to say. It's more about the the gathering of, of liked-minded people. It empowers you, he says. One day I hope to make it up there myself. But back to vaccines and and how I feel, Stan, pronounce, you know, where we are. We, you, you guys, I, do, I don't need to explain myself to you about vaccines, do I? I, mean, I think you all pretty much get where I stand with vaccines. We don't vaccinate our child. We have made that choice not to. We don't think it's a good idea. Not that we don't believe in the theory of what they're promoting. Oh, sorry, I just got confused there. I was reading something. It's not that we don't necessarily agree with the theory of vaccination, but we don't trust the people that do it, so we're not going to put it there. Mumps outbreak reported across the U.S. Now, I guys, want, I want you guys to pay attention in this story. There's one thing missing in this whole story. It's not a very long story. Hopefully, I mean, this is going to be a quick break anyway because uh, we're going to bring Scott in and then go straight through. But I want you to pay attention here. And this is not the most there's ever been. It's just high for this time of the year. But anyway, let's get into this. This is something that's been, you know, kind of eating at me. Hundreds of cases of mumps have been reported across the country since the start of 2017, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. As of March 4th, the CDC had received reports of 1,242 cases of mumps, a a contiguous viral infection that can result in swollen salivary glands and flu-like symptoms. In Washington State, Seattle, and King County health officials said a dozen University of Washington students, all connected to sororities or fraternities, contracted the illness. This year, there have been 563 reported cases of mumps and probable mumps statewide. So 563 reported cases of mumps and probable mumps statewide. An increase from last year when 154 cases were reported in the state at this point in the time of the year. They're trying to make it sound worse than it really is. More than likely at the end of the year, we'll still have the same amount or within level of what we had. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. You get the point. In Tulsa, officials investigating five confirmed cases of mumps in the area. KFOR-TV reported. In Illinois, the Lake County Health Department announced its partnering partnering with Barrington School District 220 to hold a vaccination clinic. After four cases, after four cases, we have to have a clinic. (laughs) Confirmed mumps were reported and 35 probable cases identified in the area. The cases of the mumps fluctuate each year from a few hundred to a few thousand. The high number of cases so early in 2017 has some health officials concerned. We always get concerned any time that we have any type of outbreak, especially with a vaccine-preventable illness like mumps. Well, wait. It's a vaccine-preventable illness. And most people are vaccinated. And you would think 563 reported cases would wouldn't be that bad if you have a, a high vaccination rate. Let's say 98% of your of your uh, citizens are vaccinated. It means you're going to have some that aren't. And for 563 people to feasibly have the mumps because maybe they're not vaccinated would be about normal. And the vaccinated people would be okay. Don't worry about it. 
right? I mean, w- would we agree with that kind of statement? Does that make sense? Typically, children are given two doses of the MMR vaccine, measles, mumps, and rubella. Now, that's problem number one right there. If you gave a measles, and then maybe two months later, you gave a mumps, and then maybe three months later, you gave a rubella, that would be an acceptable delivery of a vaccination, which is the best protection against mumps. <laughs> Said the virus is typically spread quickly among students, particularly high school or college students who are in tight quarters and may spread the virus through saliva or coughing. So if if high school and college students are seem to be the, the target age bracket, why are we giving the MMR at 18 months, 16 months, 12 months, whatever it be. Why are we giving it there if high school is where the concern is and it's college? Though the vaccine is not 100% effective. Oh, that maybe that's why. Two doses. Oh, because we have to give you a lot of it to make. A, two doses typically gives enough protection to prevent mumps. Adding it is not too late for those who only received one dose or were not vaccinated at all to get the vaccine. Many of the two, uh, 2017 cases are from outbreaks continuing from 2016. So we have a high number because we're coming out of an outbreak that was already going on. That's uh, you know, something we should keep in mind. When 5,311 cases were reported to the CDC, that was in 2016, making the highest. So we're worried about 536 right now coming off of a, 5,311 case. That, that That's what we're concerning ourselves with. Idiots. All idiots. Because outbreaks of mumps are unpredictable, we don't know if this level in... if this level in mumps cases will continue to remain or remainder of 2017. Uh, officials are investigating factors that may have contributed to the 2016 outbreak, including whether the vaccine's effectiveness decreased over time. All right. Let's go back to the point I made. Maybe if if high school and college is where this is a concern, why are we vaccinating an 18-month-old? Which is one of the vaccines, the, the MMR, that people believe kick these young children into autism because it is so aggressive. So then, if this is something we should be vaccinating against, maybe we shouldn't do it until 12, 13. Maybe then we won't see such high numbers of autism. Just a thought. Just something that might make a little bit of sense. I mean, just saying. Would it hurt to think a little bit? Right there, you just said... That's the worst thing. That's the worst time. It's decreasing over time. So if they're going into high school and we vaccinate them for it right before they go into high school, which is the most highest time that they're going to be at risk of getting it, hmm, that would make sense. Probably lower the risk of other problems. Huh. Wouldn't that make sense? Uh, he said officials are investigating factors and contribute. Oh, I read that tonight. The most important things to be sure. Uh, the most important thing is to be sure 
Your child has two doses of MMR and common sense, sense things like washing your hands while well and trying to stay away from individuals who may be obviously ill. Well, duh. Oh, and don't share drinking cups. Well, duh. But that's not, but that is really difficult to prevent this because, again, people are in close settings like classrooms, and it's very contagious. So, don't even get me started. Don't even, I, I don't even want to get wrapped up into that. The biggest thing here is, and that's the end of the story. I read the whole entire story. If the unvaccinated people were so dangerous, why aren't we talking about who was unvaccinated? Why is there no conversation about the unvaccinated being a major cause? Out of the 530-something cases in the 5,000 last year, how many of those people were unvaccinated? Out of the 80 cases in Rochester, or 71 Rochester students ordered out of class over vaccination concerns. I don't know if I got to this last week, but they ordered unvaccinated children or children that had no proof of vaccination out of class. 71 students who are not at risk of of causing harm to anybody else. They're at risk themselves, maybe. They may get sick with a disease that might put them in bed for a week and a half. But they're really not a a risk to anybody else. As a matter of fact, everybody around them is a risk to them. Everybody around them. All right, guys, I'm going to take a break. I just realized what time it was. Quick break, uh, in and out. Uh, hopefully I didn't play this last week. Who knows? I, I'm just, I, I'm speeding because I just realized it was, uh, it was time to get Rickard dialed up and get things moving. All right, guys, you'll listen to the first 52. I'll be back with you soon. Peace. We'll be right back to the first 52. Angry white guy radio. He'll be back. When you're depressed, where do you want to go? Symbalta is a prescription medication. Tell your doctor right away if you're depressed. First steps in a new direction. The Lord's forgiven you of everything in your life you don't want there. And you should Order your copy of America on DVD. Have your credit card ready. Found a mosque in the worst possible place. The controversy? It's only two blocks from ground zero. This week, Sarah Palin upped an already raucous debate when on Twitter she called on Y'all censor me deception. You ain't censoring shit. Entertainment and news infiltrated education, product placement in schools. How I'm rocking my hat, how I'm lacing my shoes, eating the shit the media. 
is for speeding You got little girls reading to bulimia Believe it, bro, everyone's to blame All became a part of this Blinded by the greed We couldn't see the harm in this Artists are charging marketing offices Planting the artificial seeds And harvesting the narcissists Yo, it's sensory deception You can't sense my perception Hey, yo, it's sensory deception What's your name again? Sean Ryan. Four Toad and Lexi. Oh, I mentioned Four Toad? Sure. Four oh. Dave. Dave. <laughs> hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz, Four Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on. I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. <laughs> Dr. Bob, yeah. It's Dr. Bob Tuscan. 
It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to The First 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy Fortoed. Being a cat can be damn tedious. People dangling bells and bits of string in your face all the time. Just be a dog. Run around, catch frisbees, pee on a fire hydrant. Life's more rewarding, and you get access to lots of treats. Catch Salty Talk Mondays and Wednesdays, and every Friday for Salty's weekend warm-up. 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Add a little salt to your life, and be more dog. Are you hot? Are you hot? What do you want? You want the truth? Value. I haven't slept for weeks. Is that true? Yeah, that's true, all right? I said something true. I want some pills. pills. I've got pills. i got to take. I'm popping perks and fucks every day in my mouth. I'm putting three. I hope they don't make me go f***ing crazy. Are you hot? i got pills. I'll take pills when I'm stressed. I'll pop them right in my mouth. Morphine. Opioids do bring. I want some fucking pills. Goddamn, I love that vodka, Dan. I want some fucking pills. Goddamn, I scored oxycontin. I want some fucking pills. My pharmacist, the fucking man. I want some fucking pills. Murphy from Why in the World Are They Spraying? You're listening to The First 52. God, you've got to love the internet. Sometimes it just doesn't want to cooperate, does it? All right, guys, welcome back to The First 52. Raz Radio Live and all the other places you can find us at. Uh, here we are. We're back to, to do it again. Every once in a while when I start seeing some of the things going on in the world, there's one person I always think about, but I always, you know, i got to get rid of that because this is driving me nuts. I always think about this guy. As soon as I start seeing some of the things going on in the world, the first man I think about, it's always Scott Rickard. 
Scott Rickard has always got the answers, uh, or at least he can he, he can give you an idea of what his evaluation of the situation is. And, and that's why I like to bring him on. And I've seen a lot of things over the past couple weeks, at least since the last time I talked to him, that I want to make sure we can kind of really dig into. So, Scott, how you doing, brother? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me back, man. I always love to be on Raz Radio. It's it's always a good time to do it with you. Uh, you and I tend to have a really good rapport together. We can go back and forth. We can have some fun. You can put me in line, uh, you know, because sometimes I go a little out, outlandish, and you bring me back in. You reel me back in a little bit. We all got a little Alex Jones in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to take that as an insult, sir. <laughs> uh, anyway... <laughs> Uh, so I've seen a lot of things uh, since our last appearance. It's probably been, I want to say, two or three months uh, since you were on with me. Uh, and, and I've been wanting to make it more regular. So I'm going to talk to you about that, not tonight, not right now. But we'll we'll discuss that later on in another time. But anyway, um, all this these different events going on, you know, before the election... We, you know, there's this big belief that that Trump is is really a, a Putin supporter, a Putin lover. Then we get into the election, and he starts, you know, doing some of the things he's doing, and and now we're seeing some conflict arising again between uh, Russia and America, and Putin and and Trump. Uh, so I I, I kind of wanted to really get your opinion on this to start with because that's been it, it's been weird the way it's changed. The dynamic has changed, it seems. Yeah, well, I can. All, I think we can all agree that uh, you know politicians and uh, including uh, Trump, whether he wants to be a politician or not, always say things uh, that unfortunately are uh, not true, and uh, that I think that's uh, undebatable. Ooh. Hold on, Scott. You're, you're chopping What's up. happened here is that a lot of things that uh, that uh, Trump promised, unfortunately, have not come true. Uh, I've, I've, uh, what's that? No, go ahead. You're you good got me now. there. Or am I breaking up on you? There was a weird oh, like okay, we went in like a cyber, it's a weird thing there. We went. The listeners heard it, so I don't need to. You can hear it in the replay. All right. <laughs> uh, so pro- probably, probably the uh, there's plenty, plenty of ways to listen to us. So I imagine you know Skype is owned by Microsoft. So I imagine they're getting they're getting a pretty penny for recording all this stuff for them. <laughs> yeah, imagine that all the things that us crazy conspiracy guys have talked about for so long is is coming to fruition faster and faster and faster. Uh go yeah. back to, I want you to re re answer my question because we lost most of it. Uh, okay. The the question was the dynamic between uh Trump and Russia and just just Trump in general um but especially with the Russia situation we see some of the the, the the heightened stupidity that we saw prior to the election coming back again. So the dynamic feels like it's changed. So can you just answer that again for me? Well, like I said, you know, Trump Trump is just like any other politician. They promise a lot of things when they're running for office. And unfortunately, you know, post, uh, uh, post-election, whoever wins, uh, unfortunately, uh, does not follow through with the promises. And obviously, uh, Trump is no... Uh, uh, no, no uh, um, uh, exception to the rule, uh, and obviously he's also, you know, pretty inept in what he's doing. This guy's never been involved in government other than obviously bribing individuals for permits and such. Uh, but you know, at this point, you know, you've got a guy who's surrounded himself with the status quo. Uh, he certainly didn't drain the swamp; uh, he came in and filled it, and he's continuing to operate in a way that you know is uh, comfortable for him and comfortable for the people he's put around him. 
you know, think about it, you know, uh, Steve Bannon, you know, this is a guy who, you know, pretty much the Alex Jones, uh, um, you know, elitist uh, of uh, of the alternative uh, news network world. And now he's got the, uh, you know, the, the, the front seat in the White House at this point. So I, I think what we see is we see a real um, uh, situation that, uh, you know, Donald Trump is is figuring out that he has to follow some rules. Uh, he's oh, he's okay with doing it, obviously, uh, and, and I, I assume he's like a means justifies the end type guy, whereby he's uh, you know learned some things that he didn't know because obviously he was very naive. Well, that was my that, ne- that was my next yeah. question that I just wrote down while you were talking. I wrote, "Is the reality hitting him? Does he realize that there is uh, more of the shadow government, more of a of something he can't fix or change?" Well, not only that, uh, you know, he's coming to realization of things that, you know, you and I have known for years. You know, this is a guy who, 70 years old, didn't even know what the Strategic Arms Limitation Treaty was or the START Treaty was. And these are, you know, extremely important treaties to the uh, nuclear proliferation uh, um, world. And, you know, being that, uh, you know, uh, they've been around since the 70s, uh, it's not something new uh, and it's, uh, Something that should have been very well known by somebody who's, uh, you know, obviously going to be the commander in chief of the United States. So, I mean, there's a lot of things where he's incredibly naive. And as he's learning, uh, he's, he's actually, you know, learning, uh, um, why he can't do things that he thought he could do, uh, from the perspective of the individuals that he, that he surrounded himself but with. You know, for pe- example, go ahead. But wouldn't people say that that is the American person, that, that, that represents the American person having him there then? No, no, because here's what it is. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, we've all kind of thought that we inherited uh, democracy or inherited a a, a legitimate, uh, um, exceptional sort of republic. And uh, what's really happened is that in our complacency as a society, uh, they've continued to, uh, you know, whether you want to call it the dark state or the deep state or the, the, the shadow government, you know, the individuals who are sticking around Washington, who do pull the, uh, the levers, you know, with the banking and the military and the intelligence communities, these are the real people that are steering the ship. And they've been steering the ship, you know, through their relationships uh, for well over a century in the country. So you have a, uh, um, a very well-coordinated machine of a focused group of people who understand how uh, simple it is uh, to uh, uh, take advantage of the uh, very complacent society. And until, you know, there's any kind of suffering in the United States uh, through any type of, uh, you know, real, um, uh, I would say, uh, um, oppression right. or, or, or real type of, you know, war. Because the oppression that's happening now is mild compared to some of the countries, you know, uh, around the world. But so we're seeing an in- increase in that. I mean, uh, a girl that I went to high school with that I – really didn't put it all together that she's called the anarchy girl uh she's been doing a lot of stuff here on raz radio with my father-in-law uh she just got detained coming across the border there was a big issue with with uh their, their the recording there's a lot of stories coming out right now uh about um the, the border patrol forcing you to to relinquish your passwords or going in your phones and and checking your information uh, so are we – this goes back to the discussion we've had before and, and something I really believe is we're moving into a, a Nazi Germany-style life here in America, and people aren't sure. feeling it yet. They're not seeing sure. it yet, but it is coming slowly. 
Yeah, it is coming to the individuals who are obviously uh, um, moving around, uh, you know, crossing the border. Yeah, if your name's uh, Muhammad, also, you might have a little bit of a problem. Right. If your skin's a little darker, uh, it's going to be a little harder for you. And it also depends on your attitude. You know, when you're when you're communicating with these individuals uh, at the gates, you know, you're not dealing with, you know, guys that uh, have a whole lot of patience for anyone. Uh, and you're not dealing with so- project, uh, college graduates, that's for sure. Right. And at the same time, some of these guys, you know, might have uh, served, you know, full uh, military careers and, and they have, uh, you know, a background in uh, dealing with uh, individuals in foreign countries at a much more harsh level. So when they see somebody challenge them, uh, they certainly aren't going to uh, Don't you know, challenge treat them my authority. Don't yeah. challenge my authority. Yeah, so I mean, and you're going to see very, very strong backlash uh, from an individual who's, uh, um, you know, obviously taken lives and uh, and certainly, uh, you know, has some very strong prejudices uh, against other societies. Uh, so, you know, he'll begin to, uh, you know, practice what he preached in uh, other countries in this country, and that and that happens. I mean, you know, it happens uh, even within countries. Wait, are you saying are you saying the U.S. sends their troops into other countries to you know berate the citizens of that country and maybe even kill them unjustifiably and yell at them and treat them bad? Yeah, the number one uh, war criminals on the planet. Yeah, well, we got we got hundreds of people in uh, in uh, almost a thousand people now in uh, Syria. There's another twenty five hundred waiting in Kuwait. Yeah, what do you think about that that boots on the ground uh, uh, declaration by the Pentagon and Trump? Uh, do you think that was a, a good idea? Do you think that uh, maybe we should well, just allow Russia and, and Assad to, you know, run that country that, you know, where they belong? Well, the Americans made a promise uh, to the uh, um, the Kurds uh, that have helped them out. They've given them about uh, uh, $500 million to build up their military. About half of the quote-unquote Syrian defense forces are Kurdish uh, forces that the Americans have uh, um, basically included. You also have a lot of individuals that you know still are around. Um, you have to remember that the Americans have been very successful at uh, um, extricating their operatives uh, from the war zones uh, and then saving their lives. You know, I think that's part of what's happening in Raqqa. Uh, Raqqa has some individuals that are embedded with "quote unquote" ISIS. And they don't want uh, the Syrians or the Russians or easily the uh, um, the Turks to go in there and uh, disrupt anything that the Americans and the Jordanians and the Israelis have been doing. Uh, you have to remember that Raqqa is a lot closer to Jordan uh, it's, and also closer to uh, Iraq than it is to uh, Turkey. And Turkey was going to go in there, and uh, they've been actually shut out of this, and they're pretty upset about it. So uh, they're, uh, the Americans and the uh, uh, and their Saudi allies have basically allied with the YPG PKK tur- uh, Kurds, Turds, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, they're big Turds, that's for sure. Yeah. Wait, you, you brought and, uh, up Saudis. Wait, let's let's stop there for a second. Let's yeah. let's hold down. Let's slow down for a moment. You know, you you put out so much information, Scott. It's like, man, oh, I got to reel them in for a second here. Uh, okay. uh, uh, Saudi. Here here we are. I looked up when I was at lunch today, and I saw. Trump sitting there with uh, one of the Saudi officials, one of the one of the royalty of of, Sa- of Saad, whatever the hell you want to call him. It sounds like mm. they should be like on the golf course or something, but eh, you know maybe they should be buried under a golf course. Uh, mm. Probably the evilest people in the world beyond ISIS. I think actually ISIS is their cousins, but that's a whole other story. We see a uh, Trump meeting with them today. I don't like them. I don't think that we should be partners with them. I don't. Th- I, I think deals were cut way long time ago that has uh, protected them uh it it, it kind of seemed uh trump's demeanor was kind of ass kissing us from what i saw there you know what i mean 
Yeah, I think what it comes down to is, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and the United States and UK have really pretty much built one of the largest uh, um, partnerships in petroleum that the world has uh, ever seen. And, you know, obviously Saudi Arabia alongside them brings Qatar, Bahrain, uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, and, uh, and certainly, uh, uh, has, uh, you know, made its, uh, its way into Iraq, uh, with the, uh, relationships that they had in the past. So uh, Saudi brings, so Saudi brings most of the terrorist countries. That's true too. And the other, the, well, the other interesting thing about that is, uh, Saudi Arabia also, is incredibly tied uh, to the financial infrastructure uh, when it comes to you know the banking infrastructure as well as uh, the investment infrastructure. Uh, so these are individuals who have so much uh, um, vested in uh, Western uh, uh, financial markets and and commercial markets that it's a different relationship. And then the uh, you know even in the educational market, I'll give you an example. Uh, I was debating a uh, research analyst out of MIT. And the research analyst uh, uh, basically was so supportive of Saudi Arabia um, that I just, you know, uh, offhandedly said, you know, geez, you sound like you're supporting some form of endowment uh, that Saudi Arabia is providing MIT. And he, you know, he asked me for an on-air apology. I said, well, I'll do some research and I'll find out. And when I did my research, I, you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, the endowment at uh, at MIT is about $14 billion now uh, and – about a billion of it is spent on research that this guy actually works, uh, gets paid from this uh, individual I was uh, debating. And he, um, uh, and come to find out, Saudi Arabia is the largest, actually the largest uh, uh, donator to American universities of all other um, uh, uh, country in the world. And at the same time, they also, um, MIT is the largest recipient from, uh, from any single country around the world from donations from, uh, from any other country in the world. And it just so happens that Saudi Arabia is giving MIT on average of anywhere from 40 to $50 million a year. Uh, at the same time, uh, uh, MIT's endowment has uh, over uh, $800 million invested in uh, Saudi Aramco oil uh, uh, infrastructure as well as part of that $14 billion endowment. So, so there's a, lot of fascism, a lot of fascism moving on there. And, and, it, and it goes even further. Uh, the, um, the Saudi government wanted to build an MIT uh, just north of, north of Jeddah. Uh, it's a, um, it's a uh, built by the king. And uh, uh, the uh, the Saud uh, um, uh, University there only has about I think it's uh, the number is quite low I think it's about two hundred to three hundred students oh maybe it's seven hundred students about seven hundred students but it has a twenty billion dollar endowment and they fly in MIT professors to teach the classes and that and money give- comes from the U.S. government right oh that money is being provided by Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia is basically. Oh, okay. Saudi Arabia has basically turned MIT into one of the most lucrative uh, universities and one of the most well-connected uh, universities from a, uh, uh, you know, a petrochemical uh, perspective in the world. And, and so what we're seeing is a, a tremendous relationship between you know the United States, United Kingdom, and Saudi Arabia that is in, in, incredibly financial. They they overlook all the implications with the 9/11 hijackers. They overlook all the implications with the f- uh, funding, financing, and supporting of terrorism, not only in Syria but also around the world. Uh, so you know it is uh, you know the American 
uh, government is bought uh, a lock, stock, and barrel. Uh, it is incredible corruption. And until somebody you know comes in and starts holding people accountable and, and sending people like Donald Trump to uh, prison and Obama and Bush and, and Clinton and all these guys really belong behind bars. And, and let's not forget that Saudi Arabia also holds the highest number of beheadings a year uh, for any one nation. I mean, that, and that's a big they make, fact. They make, they make ISIS look like choir boys. Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody everybody screams and yells about ISIS cutting, you know, five guys' heads off, but yet that's 85 in Saudi Arabia a year, whatever it be. Oh, it's hundreds. Yeah, it's over. It's, it's uh, over. Couple, and they and they and they'll they'll behead someone for uh, basically um, you know protesting against the government. So that's uh, that's how bad it is. Now we've seen uh, recently. Well, let, let's go back to the beginning of the Trump career, uh, the Trump presidency. Um, we see he comes in really strong against the CIA. You know, talking a lot of shit about the CIA, and now he's broadened the CIA's powers with drone strikes, allowing them to make the decision instead of the government, instead of the military to make the decision on these drone strikes. We know Obama used these drone strikes to kill American citizens, uh, a 16-year-old son uh, um, of uh, um, what the fu- Assad, not Assad. Um, what was his name? Um, You're talking about the um, the boy that uh, his father was. Um, the American, American citizen. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember his name at the Zuccari? moment. Zakari? No, Zakari, yeah, was I think it, it was. Zakari? So we got an American, two American citizens. Oh wait, let's make it three because they just killed her daughter, yeah. or his daughter, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. In the last raid that we had out there, so now we're allowing the CIA to do drone strikes. I mean, is, is Trump signing his own assassination ticket by giving the CIA the power to do this? No, we can only wish. No, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, the uh, the problem is is that uh, um, you know what's happened here is Trump's actually looking to. Uh, basically distance himself. Uh, the difference between Obama and uh, Bush and now Trump is that Obama uh, claimed that he was trying to uh, make the um, the drone program more um, more overt and more transparent. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, you know, in doing so uh, and and in taking responsibility for those uh, um, those increased drone strikes, you know, he, he pretty much put a target on the back of him as a uh, you know complete war criminal. Uh, and, and in addition to the tremendous amounts of uh, invasions and, and unnecessary criminal warfare that was conducted under his watch. Now, it looks like uh, Trump is going to adopt uh, Bush's uh, um, uh, methodology by uh, putting him back into secrecy and saying, well, I don't know what the CIA is doing. They're doing it without my knowledge. You know, I, you know it, it's an uh, intelligence thing, and, and he's just recloaking uh, the uh, CIA operation. So I agree with you. On one hand, he's saying, you know, uh, you know, shame on them. You know, they shouldn't be wiretapping because I think he – Kind of, you know, he's using some old terminology, but absolutely, the intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance uh, capabilities is uh, far beyond uh, any any capable imagination of a uh, an imbecile like Trump. So, uh, how, so, so how uh, long till we have uh, Trump's my pet goat experience? And what what do you predict the the book to be that he's reading? <laughs> the book that he's reading, uh, you know, other than Mad Magazine, you know, I, I would say. Uh, hey, I love or, Mad Magazine. Come on, <laughs> Alfred E. Newman, I guess. Is, is, uh, I got some yeah. old ones if you want to buy them. I got some like 70s and 80s ones. 
I just, you know, the problem is it's very trivial. You know, this is a very trivial, uh, very um, uh, um, inept uh, and ignorant uh, leader who by, you know, by very simple uh, um, means, the people that surround him are very easy to manipulate him. He, all they have to do is say, well, Obama wouldn't do it. And he's like, oh, then I'm going to do it. You know, so, you know, <laughs> this guy's such a dipshit. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like you talk about the easiest guy reverse psychology uh 101 i mean for god's sake that's too funny that, that that you know what scott that was a great way to put it this is why i like working with you man you you put it down you, you lay it out and you don't even care um there's something else that's come out this past week only on your show brother <laughs> hey you can't do this on rt which you guys can find him on rt every once in a while what's your profile picture you know there? That's a Fox. Isn't that a Fox profile picture there? I see. No, I wish. Uh, I wish they put me on Fox. Uh, straighten out some of them morons. <laughs> no, but uh, they. Uh, um, I was on uh, NTV uh, uh, this week. Uh, they actually came to Innsbruck. Got a really cool story behind Innsbruck. If you got a second, uh, Innsbruck uh, was was where they took down seventy five of. Um, of Pablo Escobar's money launders with a guy named Robert Mazur. Uh, he was working for what was then, you know, the equivalent to the DEA. And uh, in 1988, I think it was, he had the arrest occurred, uh, I think it was October 8th. And 75 of Escobar's people showed up in town uh, to go to a mock wedding they thought was real. And as they got into the uh, into the, the limos to go to the bachelor party, they took them to a seventh floor uh uh, parking garage. So it's parking garage downtown Tampa, and everybody has a guy in the car got a, a new, uh, new, new set of cufflinks, and uh, and they put them all in prison. Mm. And the interesting uh, side note to that is, um, you know, the United States at the time, if you haven't seen it yet, it's called Cocaine Cowboys. Uh, the United States and uh, the CIA and everybody was um, making so much money off of the um, the cocaine industry. That uh, seven times the deposits of all the other deposits around the country for the Federal Reserve. So the, the one Federal Reserve in Miami was taking seven times the deposits of all the other Federal Reserves combined. This goes and, back. To, this goes back to the Reagan era. This goes back to the Iran Contra. This goes back to things you've been fighting for years over. Yes, yes. All of these conspiracies that, uh, you know, keep coming true. Absolutely. And what was interesting about this is that, you know, in holding this interview uh, at uh, Innsbruck, I, I went into excruciating detail about uh, this story and how the CIA, you know, because we were talking about Vault 7. And uh, and I did an expose on uh, NTV, which is really it's uh, um, it's the equivalent to CNN uh, in uh, in Russia. Uh, what's interesting, it has an interesting background. It was a uh, an independent news network that came around in the uh, mid-90s, and it was very popular under Yeltsin. And then when Putin took over, uh, he kicked out all the people that were uh, saying bad things about him, and it became more like uh, um, VGTRK or uh, or, or uh, um, uh, Channel One, which is really the biggest network there. You have three giant networks there in Russia. And so now it's more state TV run. Uh, and uh, what I like about working with these guys is that it opens up, you know, all these young kids who are starting to uh, get into the television business are the ones that are reaching out to me. And uh, and these are the ones that are giving me an opportunity. You know, I was, I was basically talking about Snowden, talking about surveillance, talking about all the different uh, components. They only, you know, aired about probably about of, of the hour-long interview that I did, I think only about probably a minute and a half of what it said was <laughs> And we're going to do an hour-long interview tonight, and every 
moment of every word you say will be replayed hundreds of time over, times over, my friend. The cool part about it is the guy that conducted the interview uh, was a Fox Sports guy who was used to work out in L.A. Why is a, spot, is a Fox Sports guy giving a political analysis interview to you? You ask the best questions. This guy, uh, <laughs> this guy, um, he's uh, he's on some network that uh, you know um, NTV out of Russia, uh, uh, the um, the Russian television network was looking for somebody to shoot uh, um, shoot an interview here, and they didn't have a crew in Tampa, so he's on some website that they tracked him down, and he got paid four hundred bucks, you know, to drive from Bradenton up to uh, um, Innsbruck and conduct an interview. So he and I sat there, we had something to eat, you know, we talked for a while, super cool guy uh worked for uh um, you got to hook me up with this company because you know what i'll drive that 45 minute drive or hour drive whatever it be and make <laughs> 400 bucks to come interview you my friend <laughs> imagine the interview we would present if they would just bring absolutely me you know I, I gotta tell you it's the same thing i said to him i said you know the fact that we got to talk before you sat around you know, we drank some coffee and had a little conversation and then uh, you you were asking the questions and the way you asked the questions he asked additional questions that they didn't ask you know, it made the interview that much better. You know, but and, they only it, played a minute. That's okay. I mean, I can get the raw footage from him, uh, so we, you know, we can we can we can play around with it and put it other places. But but the but the cool thing about it was that you know it was you know I got to meet another American like yourself. You know, very level headed guy, looking into the details. Not you know definitely not falling into the trap of uh, you know the foxes and the CNNs and the. Uh, well, next and, time you talk to him, you tell him, hey, come up with a stage name, another name from what you used there, and then come do a show on Raz Radio. <laughs> yeah, he's a fantastic guy. You know, it's and he's and what's interesting is that you know he's you know obviously doesn't get the Fox News or the, excuse me the Fox uh, sports stuff anymore because uh, they, they shut him down in L.A. Fox uh, was scaling back. And he's now he's just decided to move to Florida and he's only I think he said he'd only been here about uh, I'm going to say about a year or two. I think the bread and circus is dying, man. You, you notice the ratings in the NFL, the, all these different sporting events, they're dropping. That's yeah. good. I, I'm, I'm happy to see that. Uh, something else that I saw came out this week, and I'm gonna, I am want to get your angle on it. Uh, you guys are listening to Scott Rickard. Scott Rickard can be found, I mean, all over the place. Veterans for Peace is, is a big organization he works with. Uh, you can find him on RT. You can find him on Press TV, uh, different different places. Bring him on very often. So this is not this is not a, a an unspoken man. You spent how long in the uh, Air Force when you did uh, uh, um uh, analysis it was your main I was a, job i was an arabic and a linguist and a korean linguist in the air force uh uh and uh for about uh eight nine years and then i was at nsa for about a year and uh then i came down i worked at um patrick air force base and cape canaveral as a um a contractor doing you know setting up uh, a bunch of high-tech equipment and building uh, next-generation networks. So they, then they let me have access to a lot of systems and access to a lot of uh, technology because my my security clearances. Yeah, a man that's seen a lot. So that's why I, I trust what he says. I, I, I really love his analysis of, of what we bring up. Something I want to mention to you, Scott, and I just wanted to bring people up to speed to who you are again. I mean, we got to remind people that this is not just, you know, some dumbass off the street that I found. You know, it's, funny, it's funny you should say that. You know, uh, one of the guys, you probably know him from the Internet. He's a Fox News regular. Uh, his name is Anthony Schaefer. You know, I don't agree with that. Every, 
You know the guy? Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I don't know him, but yeah, I know who you're talking okay, about. Okay, so I know Anthony pretty well, and Anthony's, you know, he's at the Defense Intelligence Agency. He's one of the few guys that, you know, spoke out about uh, 9/11 being sort of an inside job. He's he's questionable. Quite... He never said inside job, but he did bring up questionable. I mean, he had yeah. able danger. He was there yeah. to kill Osama, and they said no. Right, right. So, in any case, you know, he's he's what I call sort of a, a soft core right wing Zionist, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, if that's if there is such a thing, <laughs> you two always yeah. have something going on too. You really do. The two <laughs> of you guys. He's well, you know, it's interesting. He just got taken out, uh, and they did a hit job on him on CNN. The same guy that did a hit job on me uh, in 2013 uh, did a hit job on him uh, just uh, just this week. Um, this guy, his name is uh, Brian Stelter. And he does a show called Reliable Sources on CNN. It just won some Walter Cronkite Award for being, you know, the the most, uh, um, I guess, informative, uh, honest uh, um, stuff out there. And what's funny is it's uh, it's absolutely biased. Um, all the producers are, you know, uh, Clintonite, uh, left wing, uh, um, you know, pretty much alternative lifestyle. Most of the guys working on his team, on Brian Stelzer's team, is are, you know, uh, single white males. Uh, uh, with uh, absolutely no interest in women, and so you know these are you know these are guys uh, that you know are obviously you know they live an alternative lifestyle and and they see the world from uh, a totally different perspective and and I like to put things in perspective you know when we talk about the uh, this type of lifestyle community in the United States you know we're definitely talking about less than ten to fifteen million people in a country of you know well over three hundred and twenty million people so it's not a majority of the country. You know, when you talk about that community, and that community has a massive focus. So you're talking about the LGBT, the transsexual, whatever, whatever the my penis is not a penis, it's a vagina, but I want to keep my right. penis, I'm, that I'm, whole thing. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not Bruce Jenner, is what I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And and so, I mean, I, I respect that people want to do these things, but you, you don't get more of a voice because you have better well, access. You don't get more rights because you're, you know, a little off. But they have better voice. I don't have as good a voice as that community, but they have better access to the the the, the um you know the quote unquote reliable sources. Shouldn't CNN access. Shouldn't we be giving the nine eleven families that voice that these these people are getting? And again, Absolutely. I'm yeah. not against it. I don't care. You do you want to you want to believe you're a unicorn and shove a dildo up your ass and <laughs> and and cut your penis off? I don't give a fuck. I really don't care. Do whatever you want. But that doesn't really affect my life in the the world and the scheme of things. Well, I look at it this way. I mean, if you look at uh, um, the kinds of things that are you know prominent in news, when you have um, you know individuals that rise to the top of news, uh, these things, these these particular news articles, you know, like Bruce Jenner and like these these things that are sensationalized. I mean, look at the Oscars. The Oscars had Moonlight and La La Land. You know, two movies that I could barely watch. I, I don't. Mean, e- I don't even know either one of those movies. I, I gotta be honest. I, I I keep seeing La La Land popping up on Drudge, but I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I didn't right. watch the Oscars. I could care less about these people. I mean, but this. But the point is, is it is it, is it that kind of focus group is the same kind of focus group. Let's say led um, uh, Winston Churchill. To, to start, you know, to basically initiate uh, uh, England's uh, uh, attack against uh, Germany in World War II. The same focus group that might have been, you know, cheering for Hitler on, on on 42nd Street in New York as we led up into the, you know, major part of World War II when Henry Absolutely. Ford was making the trucks and, uh, you know, the elite of America were financing them. Right, and so and 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 the focus group, you know, has an agenda, and this, you know, they're they're called APAC in the United States, or CPAC, uh, or CPAC, you know, the ones that plan nine eleven. 
Yeah, yeah or PNAC, you mean? Or yeah, PNAC, sure. I'm sorry, yeah. See, well, yeah. CPAC's a whole other story in itself, but... Yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah, you got to wear one when you snore at night. <laughs> uh, no, CPAC. No, they're, they're I just go, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Scott, it's getting to the end of the show here. You know how I get towards the end of the show. <laughs> Plus, I think you could see me, so, you know... I could, yeah, I could a while ago. I missed that I've been part. putting some beers away here. You, you, you shut the video down on me. I'm missing out on the on the oh, good red. I didn't mean to. I, I I got my <laughs> penis out and everything. I thought you were watching. Damn it! Now I that feel kind bad. of show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that was a lot of stuff that we just threw out there, and that's what we do. We throw a lot of stuff out at once, and I I move us to something else, and we don't finish the conversation from the last time. I do the same thing all the time. So what I want to ask you about now is uh, uh, about when was this? When did this story come out? Uh, this story came out on March 8th. FBI used Best Buy Geek Squad to increase secret public surveillance. And Lexi and I had a conversation about this story. Did you see this story? You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Okay. Let me get up real quick. Yeah. Uh, OC Weekly. Uh, FBI used Best Buy Geek Squad to increase secret public surveillance. Now, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, let me read it. Oh, i got to find my mouse. Here it I, can, is. I can read it real quick. Go ahead. Well, here, here, I'll, I'll just you know, give you a quick, uh, basically what they did is they, they trained the Geek Squad. Now, if you remember, the Geek Squad ran around with their little fake badges. Sure. It turns out they weren't fake badges. They were trained in law enforcement tactics. They were trained mm-hmm. in surveillance. They were trained by the FBI to watch people. Nice. Well, you know, you got to think, you know, when you want to get on somebody's system, you know, the easiest way to get on it, obviously, is, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, do an air jump, uh, you know, to their to their platform, especially individuals who do have, you know, decent, uh, I would say, protective skills, you know, guys that aren't, you know, plugging a lot of things into their system, aren't downloading a lot of different things and, and have, you know, decent. Uh, Ever since I got married, I stopped plugging a lot of things into my system. <laughs> There you go. So, so at the end of the day, you know, these guys obviously are, you know, um, uh, I would imagine uh, very useful uh, to the, uh, you know, to the FBI because they have a, you know, what a good cover story. And obviously the kids are, are very excited about it because they have an opportunity to uh, not only uh, get involved in, you know, making more money, uh, but obviously get involved in something that is uh you know, given them, it makes a, them feel strong. It makes them feel powerful. It, it makes is. them feel it's, good, it's, like they protected the the country. It's like deputizing, you know, someone, uh, you know, and then going out after him. Well, let, know, let me read uh, you a little bit of this real fast here. Uh, recently, unsealed records reveal a much more in- extensive secret relationship than previously known between the FBI and Best Buy Geek Squad, including evidence the agency trained company technicians on law enforcement operational tactics, shared list of target citizens, and to covertly increase surveillance of the public, encourage searches of computers, even when unreliable or unrelated to a customer's request for repair. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've read enough of the article to know that, you know, obviously you're, uh, um, you know, you're using, this is like the brown shirts, you know, uh, the Geek Squad became the brown shirts of the uh, the Stasi, you know, the FBI Stasi. Lots yeah, of America's and, here. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, it, it's funny because another story, that story came out today on Network World, I just found it there. Another story that came out today that's uh, very similar in a uh, uh, an FBI uh, uh, sort of raid perspective 
but this came down from the Justice Department. They took down a former naval admiral and eight other uh, officers who were uh, indicted in uh, trading classified information with a uh, an international um, uh, uh, company uh, in exchange for for money. You know, and these guys had trips, lavish payoffs, uh, and the Attorney General, the acting Attorney General. Uh, of the Justice Department's criminal division uh, actually took down, you know, these uh, these nine men who uh, were, you know, playing the same game uh, with an international uh, um, uh, defense. Uh, basically, it's a military-industrial complex defense uh, um, contractor called uh, Glenn Defense Marine Asia, and they were exchanging, uh, you know, classified information from the Navy uh, with the uh, senior executives from this company, and obviously getting paid off. Uh, and they felt as though, ah, what, what are we violating? They're on our side, type, uh, you know, necessity. And fortunately, they were caught and taken down today uh, for uh, basically, you know, selling classified information. You know, it's interesting. Scott, could you imagine if if Smedley Butler in nineteen, uh, I, I I think it was twenty something, thirty something. I can't remember the exact yes, date. Early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Could you imagine if Smedley Butler, if people would have listened to him? And done something then, if if whoever the president was at the time, I can't uh, the, the names are are past me right now. But imagine if the president then would have actually enacted uh, treasonous things against some of these large entities that are now, you know, the, the the residuals that are here that we're living under right now. Could you imagine if something would have been done then? Well, that's like I said, you know, uh, you know, we all believe that we've inherited some sort of, uh, you know, uh, I would say divine democracy or divine republic when, in fact, uh, you know, we're in a banana republic. Uh, it's just that we uh, can make a hell of a lot of bananas and we can make them uh, faster, stronger, more than anybody else on the planet because we've been allowed to um, uh, operate with impunity as well as uh uh, operate with a, an open checkbook. You know, you, there's not a country on the planet that's more in debt uh, than the United States, and we're in debt to uh, these uh, sort of shadow government, uh, uh, what or deep state, uh, whatever name you want to give them. Uh, the what do they call them? The Illuminati in some states. There's so many state. different names we can yeah. give them. You the, know, the, at the end of the day, these are individuals who understand what it takes uh, to control governments. Uh, they've been doing it a long time. They've been using financial means, and they've been and using relationship means, and they've been using bribery. Yeah. The uh, name Robber Bearer does not come out of uh, not what they did. Yeah, and there's Robber Bearers <laughs> as well. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a, there's just a, it's a it, it, the relationship based stuff. I mean, we've talked about this in the past. I think I mentioned on your program uh, how um, uh, Nicholas Deeks uh, built uh, you know for Dulles and the when they were building out the uh, CIA, he built an entire financial network. Uh, that ended up being uh, the production of the Kruger and uh, to cover the tracks of the uh, the defense industries and the intelligence uh, community so that they could exchange financial uh, uh, payment uh, without it being tracked because you know gold is uh, is very easy to uh, to use when in fact you know you show up somewhere with gold and you know there's no specific stamp on it it certainly works any country around the world so cocaine cougarands or dildos the united states government will figure out a way to launder money launder, launder money i mean let's just be honest they're, they're going to figure it out they're going to figure knew- out a way to spy on you uh, another article that was out this past week can your smart it, only it, be used against you in court did it actually say dildos too well you know i mean <laughs> 
<laughs> we should probably use dildos as a currency because have you noticed how many sex workers are in this country anymore? <sighs> have you have you seen the webcam girl? I, listen, I don't go to these things. I just happen to know that they're out there. I just happen <laughs> to know they're there. I mean, I you know I use porn every once in a while, but that's a whole other story. But I mean, keep in mind, it's 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 there. It's being used. It's being used as a form of currency, whether it be a cougar and cocaine or a dildo. It's happening. It's it's being used. Well, definitely cocaine, uh, definitely uh, um, uh, heroin, certainly uh, um, the financial side of things. I, I'm, I'm guaranteed diamonds are involved in that. Uh, um, you know, one of the tricks of the trade are, you know, if you're wearing uh, a little thing around your neck that's filled with diamonds, that's considered jewelry. But if you have stacks of $100 bills, you're only allowed to move around with $10,000 worth. Right. So in your little necklace that's filled with diamonds, you go to the store and you dump those out, and they say, "Well, here's your, uh, you know, one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars, Mr. Uh, um, Mr. Uh, Raspatello, and uh, w- w- welcome to the United States." <laughs> well, and that's you know that's why a lot of people push on the uh, the, the 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 currencies. Uh, what the hell is the big one that was big there? And now I can't even remember because it fell off. Fell off. Um, Bitcoin. Or- Bitcoin. Yeah. Any of these alternative currencies. You know, it's the same thing they try to push with don't, them. Don't discount Bitcoin. It's still good. It's still working. I've bought things on Bitcoin uh, just uh, recently. So, well, I'm not uh, saying it doesn't happen and it's not working. But Well, if you got started in Bitcoin uh, back in the day, uh, your money would be worth uh, well over uh, two to 300 times what it's worth now. So You just gave Fortoed an erection. I hope you realize that. What's that? Fortoed just got an erection. <laughs> and I know you know Fortoed, so yeah. Imagine that's, that erection. Oh, that's scary. Do I have to? <laughs> well, I can guarantee you didn't see one that weekend. But anyway, we were talking about Razzfest two years ago. But that that's yeah, just what's, what's happened? What's happened in 2017? Is there a Razzfest coming? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. We're trying to, but you know, I'm also trying to be like a mature adult, and it's hard mm-hmm. to do a Razzfest and be a Can't mature adult. Yeah. You can't do both. Amber lives here now, though, so maybe we can figure it out a little better, and we just got to coordinate. I mean, we've been thrown out of one resort, um, so that, that Oh, we're not be... welcome back there, eh? Well, no, <laughs> that one we're fine at. The one the oh. year before that we got thrown out of. Like, okay. we literally tried to book him and said, no, you guys can't come back again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, after being at the one you were at, you can understand why. Well, no, I thought that was quite nice. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was very nice. Absolutely nice. <laughs> All right, Scott, uh, tell everybody where to find yourself, uh, what just, you can, you know, how people can help you at all if you need any help. Uh, just- no, I tell you that the, the the thing that we we all need to do is, you know, what I mentioned earlier in the show. You, you have to do something. You have to get involved. You have to you have to get out and, uh, um, you know, obviously the uh, the voting is not going to work for us. Uh, you know, there's you know, not unless you're, um, you know, you're you're controlling who it is you vote for, and the only way to do that is, uh, unfortunately, you have to get involved in the system, and get involved with the uh, the executive branches of the uh, particular parties that are running. So, if you look at, um, say, for example, the county I live in up here, Pinellas County, uh, Pinellas County has uh, a Republican and a Democratic executive committee. And in those committees, unfortunately, uh, um, you'll find the, the traditional, 
you know, brainwashed, uh, um, uh, 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 cocaine dildos, uh, that, uh, just are just not really operating, you know, uh, on a, on a level scale. But that doesn't mean that 5% of the people there already, you know, can't see eye to eye with us, you know, when, we, when you go and actually start talking to them. So the only thing that your, our goal is, is to get more people to join those organizations and take them over. And I saw this happen. Uh, in other states. It doesn't happen in the state of Florida. People are very ambivalent here. But in other states like Maine and other states where people are sort of real locals, um, people got involved. And, they, and the only time I saw a, 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 an inkling of a possibility of change was when um, Ron Paul was running. Yeah. And some of these people actually took over some of these executive committees. People would show up. I'll give you an example in uh, um in most of the counties that are, you know, population between 500 and a million, 500,000 and a million, uh, those executive committees are only about 200 people. So all you really need to do, let's say, for example, in, you know, your county down there, that's probably, I would say you guys are probably only about probably 200,000 or 300. Uh, we're about right around three, four, I think, is yeah. for our, our whole county. So imagine this, if you will. <laughs> Your county is being run by a handful of only hundreds of people, probably less than 200 people, uh, that if you went to those committees and you showed up with 400 of your friends, you would run it now. Right. And so you well, we, ha we have to wait for the blue hairs to die. That's part of the problem here so, in Florida. So in that, in, that, in that environment, at least you would have control. No, no, you don't only have to have 400 people that would show up to those meetings. Now, the problem is, is you have to go to those meetings once a month. You're not allowed to miss two in a row. And if you do miss, you have to have a really good reason to tell them in advance. Or you get thrown out of the committee. And that's pretty much how most of the committees operate. And, but and what average American my age who's working to raise a family has the time or the ability to do that? I mean, back, they make I'll it very back, difficult, don't they? back to exactly what I just said. You have to take the time right. yeah, to well, that's see true. the change, and if you know, and, and obviously, you know, people will take the time, you know, that um, that that want to control it, and so you're up against. So I don't want control, though. I just want it to be right. That's the problem. Well, you, you know, you can't wish it right. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Scott. I really do, brother. <laughs> uh, you, you're you're so honest, and you're right. I can't wish it right, uh, Scott Rickard. Uh, just just Google him. Find him wherever. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, we are good, close, personal friends. I'd like to believe. Uh, yeah, you know. Absolutely. I'd 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 uh, I'd I'd sleep on your couch anytime. As long <laughs> as long as you stay on my couch, and you're always welcome. No, I'm kidding. Possibility. I mean, I'm not I'm not promising anything. <laughs> uh, we've had a lot of good fun, good times together. Uh, Scott Rickard. Just Google him, find him, support what he supports. Veterans for Peace, I think, is your biggest thing that you always want to shout out to. It's a pretty decent group. They have a good objective. Uh, I'll say this too: on June eighth, uh, um, two twenty seventeen, they're uh, they're going to be memorializing uh, the uh, the um, the deceased of the USS Liberty. It will be the fiftieth anniversary uh, where the Israelis uh, deliberately attacked a uh, an unarmed American ship, yep. murdered thirty four. Uh, U.S. Uh, um, citizens injured uh, that, hundreds or more. Injured, injured over 170 more, uh, and uh, it was it were uh, the only thing that saved it was a, uh, a Russian destroyer. Yeah, Russian safe. destroyer uh, came up on the uh, on the attack. They'd been attacking it for two hours, trying to sink the ship and blame it on the Egyptians. And what's interesting is I uh, ran what would we call a, that? We would call it a false flag in this day and age. Absolutely, and absolutely. we haven't seen them at all ever happen. No. 
I'll tell you an inside story. What's interesting is after the Six Day War, you know, they promoted it as this great thing about how how fantastic the uh, um, the Israeli military was. And I ran into a guy. I was selling a, a bicycle up here on Craigslist. He was a, a Polish guy who moved to Israel uh, in 1967, right after the Six Day War. Right. And he moved there because it was so publicized in the Polish news up there that he wanted to join the Israeli military. He wasn't Jewish. He wasn't circumcised. He was ostracized when he got there, uh, but he, he stayed in the military. And, and I asked him about the USS Liberty. You know what he said? His words exactly. Oh, we, the Israelis did that on purpose. Yeah. And I said, really? Yeah. I said, I've never seen an Israeli guy telling this. He says, oh, yeah, we all knew that. I said, he said, everybody knew that we did it on purpose. We were trying to, uh, to sink the ship because uh, we weren't going to blame it on the Egyptians so the Americans would be closer to our side. Yep, exactly. So all the Israeli military guys know the truth. And you can go, you can just go to YouTube and search um, uh, the USS loss, of, the loss of liberty, the yeah. loss of liberty. Great documentary. It points out all these facts. It, it gives you a lot of evidence to this. I agree with you 100, percent Scott. Anniversary is coming up in uh, in I, less than three months. I am not anti-Semitic, but I am nope. anti-Zionist, and and the Israeli government, as well as the U.S. government, as well as the Saudi government. Are all Zionists? Absolutely. It, the people Absolutely. don't. See, people don't get that difference. People miss that whole thing. You're just anti-Semitic if you if you mention this. God forbid you mention this. But, yeah. But they yeah. miss that factor. They miss that point. It, it's a yeah. whole separate people, religion. There's a huge difference. Zionism is more like capitalism or communism. It's a political or fascism movement. or yeah, fascism. socialism. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it was adopted, unfortunately, by the uh, the Christian community because of the modifications made to the Schofield Reference Bible in the early 1900s. And uh, I've been on record you know, uh, questioning uh, the, um, uh, the, 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 really, the, um, uh, the religious uh, community uh, at uh, Georgetown University at the Berkeley School of Law, Re- Religion and Law, uh, talking to uh, theological law- lawyers and asking that question, you know, what effect do you think that the... Uh, that the uh, uh, the Schofield Reference Bible had on the uh, Christian community on its undying support for Israel, and they said it had every. That's what caused it. Yep. And yep. so everybody knows the, the truth, but it, but, but they unfortunately were were um, you know we're living what I would call the uh, the Homer Simpson factor. Well, you so. get pushed into it, and you, if you're you're evil, if you speak against it. Scott Rickard, yep. make sure you guys check him out. Scott, I appreciate your time as usual, my friend. Uh, we could do we could do seven hours of radio straight, and and we wouldn't shut up the two of us. Well, only with a keg. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, I, I appreciate your time yet again, and you have a great evening. You too. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. All right, peace out, brother. Be safe. Yep. There goes my friend Scott. Uh, you know, again, it's just a lot of good times. We just try to share what we're what we what we feel, what we believe, what 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 we know. Don't discount what people say. Just try to listen to them. Try to judge on your own. Try to use your own brain and and realize things aren't right. All right, I love you guys. You've been listening to First 52. We'll talk to you next week. Peace out. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense of weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns Don't be afraid of mistakes Emotions misplaced To love or to hate I don't know what to do We're all lost and
confused Just trying to get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes But it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace But I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake When I'm risking it all with no time to waste Fuck this red race, I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off destination space With the sunset hung behind us and the universe to blind us from the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided through the beautiful the silent with the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow of the unknown Please don't go And I don't know how I got here Or how I'm getting home But right from day one I've been in this alone With arms stacked against I've been drowning in stress They said can you take more I said give me what's left An old man once told me Allie don't have a love back Keep your eyes on that prize And give them hell to your death This is a test Just a frequency check For intelligent life Now's time to connect It's an SOS The death's been sent So now we just wait And hope for the best with the sunset hung behind us In the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided Through the beautiful asylum With the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the guys so much thanks first 52 is the bump diggity
Let me out. Thoughts inside my mind. 